Welcome to VR Unpacked, where we explore the immersive world of AR and VR. I'm Rich Pasqua, and today joining us is Michael Gold, a VR Unpacked contributor and partner at Redbeard Ventures. Welcome, Michael. Hey, Rich. How are you? Yeah, man. Good to see you. Um, I'm thrilled to be talking to you about VR and beyond. Um, and we'll just jump in. And I want to make sure that our audience understands who you are. And Michael, you have a long history with VR, having started your own businesses in the past, building immersive environments, VR tools and services. And you're a professor at School of Visual Arts, which is awesome, right here in, in New York City. And uh, you're sharing your knowledge of generative AI art, uh, generative art, I should say, and VR development for the MFA students there. So super cool. We're thrilled to have you and we, we want you back as much as we can, man. Um, but today we're actually talking about the Apple Vision Pro um, and, you know, spatial computing in general and really what it's about and, and all that good stuff. So, you know, truth be told, you know, um, I, I've, I've tried it out. Um, I do not own, uh, the headset just yet. Yeah. Um, but Michael, you, you've, you own it, you're digging into it. You're like, you know, hardcore developing for it. Um, so you're, you're the right man to talk to. So, um, what are your initial thoughts right off the bat? So I pre-ordered it on day one. And I also told all of my friends who aren't actively building for it on day one, don't get it. Don't get it yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a developer kit right now. A very, very good developer kit. And there are certain things with the operating system that Apple has done that have never been done before, Rich. And I'll say as a professor and as a developer, as somebody in the ecosystem that's been in the app development ecosystem for a long time and the VR ecosystem for a long time, I think for apps, this is a pass-fail exam that Apple passed right now that no one else has passed yet. Not Meta not HTC, not any of the other uh, VR platforms. They haven't passed it yet. And Apple has. Is it consumer ready yet and priced for consumers yet? I don't think so. But I think mm. the operating system is very good right now and has the capacity to grow and support developers over time. And that's really the where the exciting thing is. Yeah, it's a great point um, because you know, a, you mentioned HTC and others that have their own environments that you can develop for um, in or out of their environments. Um, and it's important for people to know that that that's where Apple is kind of putting most of their chips is in the, the developer, developer community. And it, it's smart. You know, it's a little for the consumer. It's a little bit of a tease because it is really, really cool. Um, but if you're not servicing or handling your developers properly and getting them off on the right foot, you're going to have problems down the road. So that's really exciting. Um, are you developing anything right now with it? I am. So I started developing for web VR for the, the for the device. So mm -hmm. there's, there's a 
standard for websites that use uh, that that produce VR experiences called WebXR that can be enabled on the Apple Vision Pro. It's it's a setting that the user needs to check a checkbox in in the settings app for the Vision Pro in order to enable this functionality. So it's not really totally exposed to the end users as of yet, but it will be. Um, and what that enables you to do as a user and as a developer is to go to a website and enter immersive mode where you can jump into VR right from the web without any app downloads. So that's what I've started with. Um, there are other ways to build apps for the, for the Vision Pro as well, using Apple's Xcode software or using Unity. And there's an up and coming uh, update to Unreal Engine that will let developers build to it. So I'll, I will be exploring those in the near future, but for now I'm using WebXR. Mm. So are you, I mean, I think you said VR, not AR, right? Um, so that's really interesting because one of the the first things that popped up in the news when people are reviewing everything was like, I can't play games on it, but you know, it's only a matter of time, right? And it's good to hear guys like you who are developing, I, I don't know if it's a game or not, or just a, a walk around experience. Um, it's good to hear that that's being developed and for the browser, because that's really, that's really king when you're talking about kind of the 3D internet, right? It's not all these standalone platforms or devices that you need. It's plug in, you can hit a website and just jump into a community. So very, yeah. very cool. It, um, it does get complicated when you think about what the websites can do versus what the apps can do. And there are some, some limitations and factors there. I don't know if you want to get into if you want to get into a little bit about that, but oh, whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, it's, conversation. it's, um, if you think about Wayfair and what they enable users to do when they're browsing for furniture on the mm -hmm. iPhone, you can, you can look at the website. It's a regular website. And then for a lot of the pieces of furniture that they've made 3d models for, you can pop out the piece of furniture and view it in your room place it in your room. And that works with both iPhones and Androids. So Apple's brought a lot of that tech to the Vision Pro, where you can be on the web and pop out items and view them in your space and interact with them. Uh, then if you want to take it a step further and do other types of augmented reality development, you have to build for a native app. If you wanted to have a purely VR Immersive app, you could build both native and on the web, but that might change soon because if Apple enables more features in the Safari browser that they have on the Vision Pro, then it will enable developers to build for augmented reality on the web. Apple just hasn't built that functionality yet, but there's a lot of other things they haven't built for the vision pro yet that they probably will because developers are asking for it. Yeah. And, and I mean, to me, a shopping experience like that would be just dynamite. I mean, really kind of touch and feel put items in your literally in your living space. And I yeah. think that was the whole impetus of Wayfair's kind of 3d or augmented um, shopping experience. That's very cool. Now you take that and multiply it by, 
tons of different products and different services. That's, that's really cool. And, and while we're on the topic of like, Hey, use cases, um, you and I've been kind of ping ponging a few ideas around or thoughts or videos that we've been seeing. And, uh, you saw one, which was really cool. You want to explain that one? Yeah. So there's, there's a company called recon tools that just showed up on my feed. I'd never heard of them before today, but they have, they have a, a really cool smart tape measure. And this tape measure had previously synced to an iPad app that they made. So you measure, you're on a job site, you're measuring and you're taking measurements of pieces of wood that you might want to cut and you're able to sync to an iPad app. And then that syncs to the saw and you're able to print out QR codes. Well, what Apple did that I thought was so brilliant for the Vision Pro is they made it so that 99% of iPad apps out of the box work with the Vision Pro. So you can essentially set up these floating screens that you mount virtually to different points in, your, in the room that you're in and interact with them on a hands-free basis. So in this demo video, they show someone at, the jo at a job site taking measurements and moving a virtual screen around the job site and using this virtual screen to track all the different measurements they've taken hands-free. And this was one of the dreams and desires for application developers 10 years ago when the Google uh, Glass came out. That yeah. because of battery life issues and because of display field of view issues couldn't really be achieved. But with the Vision Pro, something that's going to last for two, three hours at a time, you can imagine you can imagine this being used uh, at job sites in the enterprise uh, almost immediately. Any any place somebody already has a functioning iPad app. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we're just starting to see the possibilities of, of this device. And one of the, I don't remember the company or who published it, but I just literally hours ago, I saw a video on similar to the one you were explaining of an engineer who was on a job site and he had the goggles on and he scanned a QR code in a specific area of a building that's being constructed mm -hmm. and it showed him be beneath the walls, the plumbing and the electrical work. So that yeah. as an engineer, he can see problems or potential problems that could arise um, in real time. Very like that to me is super, super useful and um, a, really a game changer actually. So um, yeah, very exciting. And, you know, I'm excited to see how people are going to use it. And that's a little bit of future looking at looking at the future. Um, you could see architects using it to walk around a space with a client and actually move things around. Or I was working with an architecture firm that was doing something very similar, but on screen and or headsets mm -hmm. where they can walk through a space with a client and say it's for a restaurant and you can have your, um, head chef walk around with you and say, Hey, you know, those tables are too, um, too far apart, or I need it organized in a certain way. Cause our workflow works the, th this way and they can actually test it out in real time. To me, that's, that's 
gold right there for sure. Um, and, um, you know, since we're, since we're talking, we talk, a, we're talking a little bit about the future of this product. Um, let's back up and say, Hey, who is, who is buying this now? And, you know, we know that, you know, whoever's buying it is more of like a super early adopter or a developer like yourself. But if you're not like, who's going to use this? Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I think the, the most recent report I read, I think it came out yesterday was that they're predicting they're going to sell 250,000 units this year of the Apple vision pro. Wow. And so, so in my mind, that's, that's going to be largely developers. And I think that developers right now, essentially they're paying a $4,000 premium to get access to this ecosystem a year early. And then maybe in 18 months, Moore's law holds and Apple releases the next version of this device. That's probably lighter, cheaper, and, uh, faster, right. You know, maybe, maybe you get two out of those, out of those three things. And Mm. maybe it's a little bit more limited in scope of what it can do. Maybe it doesn't have the, the eye track, something along those lines. So, in essence, the people who are getting it today are people who want that 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 extra time to build for the ecosystem. I don't I don't know how many people are getting it for entertainment and productivity. It is nice and works does work really well to replace screens. So if you want to have extra screens, if you want to go on Apple TV or Disney plus and watch a 3d movie and also have access to your iMessages next to it. That's not something you could have done before, right? If you remember those 3d TVs a decade ago, you put on the glasses, you couldn't look at your phone, right? And the glasses you had to keep charged and, you know, basically they wound up in the drawer. So I think for, for having a a multi-screen second screen environment, it's actually really interesting, but I also see that as being more of a future use case for the device rather than something that's really worth it for someone to go out and spend $4,000 today on it. Most people don't buy $4,000 TVs. It, yeah, exactly. Years ago they did, uh, and they were giant and clumsy and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I, the price is, is exorbitant. But you know what? The I I ran scenarios in my head over the past you know month or so since it's been released, and the 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 only thing as an average consumer, the only scenario I can see is if you're a developer, you know, developing code or VR or, or anything, and you like multiple monitors, two, three, sometimes four monitors. These guys have, um, and you have a TV and maybe you live in an apartment in New York city or San Francisco or wherever. And you're like, okay, I need to streamline. Uh, I need to simplify my life and my work workflow. It might be a good option because now you can take away a thousand dollar, 800 to a thousand dollar TV. You can take away a couple of thousand dollars worth of monitors. Um, and you, you essentially have an additional computer on your head at this point. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, can you exist? Can you coexist in that, in your own space with yourself and others potentially, 
with a headset on for that long because that now you're talking about a lot of use um, in a lot of a lot of hours, um, which leads me to to a little bit of like some of the design uh, of the headset. I mean, in true Apple fashion, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's you know, it's a it's a gem. It's, it's, they always make great hardware, um, but I I maybe question some of the materials in the sense that it's heavy, right? It's, so it's heavy. I haven't. Yeah. And, and there's, um, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've been tracking this, I'm on the Apple vision pro, uh, subreddit. And there's been within the last week, a major topic of concern called crack gate. If you remember, if you oh, remember man. from the iPhone, I guess it was the iPhone four, we had antenna gate where Steve Jobs famously said, you're holding it wrong. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what a lot of people have noticed is that the the front glass of the device, um, maybe this is from heating and cooling, uh, has been cracking. So people are getting giant cracks down the front of the device, uh, you know, after having owned it for like two weeks, two and a half weeks. And potentially storing it with the front cover on. Nobody's really sure why this is happening. Everybody says, of course, that they didn't drop it, right? But right. <laughs> who knows? So this is uh, a- Apple's yet to have responded to this, which is which is interesting. And maybe by the time we publish this this podcast, we'll know more. But Crackgate, as of uh, February 29th, leap day, uh, still has not truly been addressed. Now, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the front panels is, is are actual glass, or are they high polished like plexi or what? I don't know what they would use, like tempered. I'm not. I'm not really sure, but it is a single piece of whatever. Whatever it is, it's a single molded piece of glass that wraps. Here, I can. I've got it. I've got my unit next to me here. Um, this is in, not in the official Apple case, but just in a thirty dollar. Amazon case and you can check mine and I'll show you like, hopefully there's no crack, but it's in here in, in a, with the front cover on, but the battery is completely depleted uh, as opposed to keeping it charged with the front cover on. So this is the front cover. And some people think that storing the device with Mm. the cover on and it plugged in is causing it to overheat and crack the mm-hmm. glass, but this glass is all just, it's one piece and it's, and it's curved, you know, so you right. kind of get a sense of how yeah. it looks there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say exactly why this is happening. And uh, of course, like detectives on Reddit are trying to figure it out and maybe the community will figure it out, but no it's one has the hot, it. It's the hot topic du jour. Yeah. Um, of course, Reddit's going to dig into it. They'll have a full investigation coming to you live soon, um, which is awesome. You know, the, look, I've, how many times do we problem solve on Reddit? It's awesome. For sure. Um, yeah. And look, it, it, it is future forward, um, this product. They're going to have, I can't imagine, you know, how many hours they put into, you know, crash testing this thing, really. But it does seem, and I'm hearing from you and from others, it seems a little precious, right? Um, you know, and to me, VR, it's like, yeah, you're not going to go crazy rock climbing with it and, you know, camping with it. 
but it does need to take, you know, little home kind of dings and bumps and drops. Right. right. Um, so to me, that's really important in a, in a, in a factor to it. And I've used tons of headsets just like you. And I never thought like, oh, if I drop this, it's over with. There goes your investment and your yeah, VR gear. Sure. I never really thought that. Um, and I've had friends who have had it around kids and they've mashed it up and, you know, they've done okay. Um, but not the Apple Vision Pro. So that's that's to be determined, right? So absolutely. And um, I'll, I'll yeah. say all of my uh, all of my VR headsets have become obsolete before they've become damaged. I don't think I've I've damaged a single one of them, and they've they've gone all over the world with me. So it's it's interesting your point that this one might be a little bit precious and it, it's also it's also the one that i've wanted to use the most like outside of my development time and whatnot so that's that's a it really is a double-edged sword there mm. yeah and you know we know that you know it's a it's a it's a cool product right out of the box we know it, there's a long runway of a, a road for them to go down to develop and a lot of the of the whole community to develop when do you think it's going to be like, okay, let's plug in. It works great. There's no glass gate. There's no, um, you know, th the ecosystem is opened up, meaning the apps are, are um, abundant. There's a lot of uh, applications there. How long do you think until then? Well, the interesting thing is Apple launched with so, so much compatibility across the ecosystem there's already more apps for it than there are for the Vision Pro, and because you can you can run all the iPad apps on it. So you got you got messaging, you got your Telegram apps, you've got your VPN apps, you've like all the all the productivity apps. Mean meanwhile, the 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 Quest and the Quest Pro in that whole line from Meta um, have the controllers, so they really are better for games. You, you, you doing this with your fingers is not a really awesome game control where you need to swing and twitch your body uh, quickly for, for a game, even like Beat Saber. Um, so I don't know if the Vision Pro accelerates quickly into the gaming market. And I don't know if that's, if that's really something that Apple is looking to do right away. It seems like productivity and entertainment are what they're going after with the relationships with Disney and all of the existing productivity ecosystem that exists on uh, on the on the iPad. So mm -hmm. I, like I do think that there's that it, that the, the market is actually interesting already. You cuz you kind of have the Coke and Pepsi rivalry between Apple and uh Meta and then Sony is actively building in the space as well as a as a third party. The PSVR2 is really good. I tried a demo of that. I think I told you about it at CES where they had it hooked up to a racing simulator for Gran Turismo 7 and oh, it's boy. phenomenal. You can as a like instead of just looking at the track up ahead on a 2D screen, you can you're in the cockpit of the car, you can look around and you can see yeah, you can it. You can visualize turns yeah. that are coming. And it it totally changes the experience and makes it better. So mm. 
So I think that that's really interesting for high-end gaming, what Sony is doing. And of course, Sony is is releasing another headset that's more focused on productivity. So one of the things that people have been saying is, can Meta move into the pro- productivity space with this ex- with their existing OS, their existing ecosystem to compete with Apple? Because the the interesting thing is Apple's entry into the market has gotten a lot of people excited about VR again, and they've looked at the price tag for Apple and said, nope, not doing this. I'm spending $500 on a meta device. So they want the full spectrum of applications. And I I think that that's that's kind of a rising uh, tide lifts all ships situation. Yeah, I I 100% agree because it got me reinvigorated to kind of like, okay, where do I want to invest? I'm kind of hot on the Steam. I think it's the Steam Valve. Um, I think it's, for the price, one of the nicer middle-of-the-road uh, VR headsets, but I still have to do a little bit of research on that. But, um, y- you know, you, you brought something up interesting, um, the idea that Apple, and I think this is a apparent, like they want it to be a productivity tool, right? And whether they're just saying that now, and then they, they'll, bri- you know, bridge into the gaming environment more down the road, who knows? But to me, the idea of gaming is pretty much everything, right? If you're creating games, you can kind of create a lot of things. Um, and that's generally the gaming industry hardware and software and games is kind of the start of innovative technology or, you know, uh, these immersive technologies. Um, So I'm like, how do you, how do you not pay attention to the gaming industry? You know, Um, if I was a CEO, you know, of a, of a hardware company, that's the first thing, make sure the gamers are taken care of, make sure, you know, the, the virtual worlds, are able to be sustainable, you know, and, and work properly. Um, and then productivity, but I guess it's, you know, in reverse and this could be, you know, an elaborate marketing, you know, technique, um, or, or an onboarding kind of, um, you know, get people on as you were saying. Um, but yeah, certainly the, you know, at the very least they're sparking people's imaginations and appetites for VR, which is good. I think it's great. It's much like the the crypto world, you know, um, certain things you invest in, they do well, you want to, you know, you make a little money, then you can kind of dabble in other alternative uh, projects. So very cool. I think it's really neat. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I the one thing that I, I'm always hung up on with Apple is kind of the, the ecosystem. Um and, you know, I'm curious of your thoughts on, you know, uh, Web3 in general is kind of kind of is in a, a open source environment, mm-hmm. right? So that, there's that. And then you've got Microsoft, you've got Apple, you've got um, all the mobile devices, Android. You know, I, I prefer Android and, and, you know, PC computers because, well, one, I can hack them. I can rebuild them. Uh, I can add to them, uh, blow them up and fix them mm-hmm. basically. And 
you can't do that with Apple. Um, and everything is so insular and hermetically sealed. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping that maybe they'll open the doors to kind of other development parties and kind of languages and, and tools. But what are your thoughts? I mean, they're going to just stay the course and, and do this thing <laughs> as usual. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I, I've been thinking a lot about that, Rich. So one of the things that you're kind of betting on if you get this device right now is that Apple's App Store ecosystem supports your app now, and they also support it five, six, seven years from now, right? Mm -hmm. And if you make something today, there'll be minimal breaking changes for you to keep it updated to continue to sell it on future versions of the device and the device won't change that drastically. The OS won't change so drastically that you need to completely redesign your application. And Apple's been pretty good about that in the past since they've had the App Store ecosystem. So there have been some people that have compared this device, the Vision Pro, to the Newton. And I think that that argument falls flat when you think about like maybe in terms of the hardware, that the hardware is going to be obsolete in a couple of years, right? You could say that. Mm -hmm. But when Apple launched the Newton, they were competing against Palm, which had this vast App Store ecosystem, and Apple didn't have that at all, right? So I think that this is a completely different era for Apple where they do have this, this App Store ecosystem and developers are buying into that. So the walled garden, I think, is both bad and good for, for developers. But for the developers who are getting in early, I think they're kind of hoping that the garden grows with them. Um, the other interesting thing that Apple's done is said, okay, we've got this walled garden, but we're going to continue to support the game engines uh, APIs for development to our walled garden, which both Unity has done and Unity was a launch partner for Apple. And then interestingly enough, Unreal Engine, made by Epic Games, is also going to support this in an upcoming release. And Epic Games has been in this massive, massive legal battle with Apple for the very thing that you just spoke to, like you know, App Store uh, dominance that Apple has, where they're not opening up the app their their hardware to alternative app stores at all. So. Um, the fact that despite all that, that Epic Games has been able to build their engine to build to allow developers to build for the Vision Pro is very promising. And what some people are saying is that they hope that the massive $1.2 billion investment that Disney just put into Epic Games uh, and Disney being such big Apple partners uh, will hope to help to mend the fences between the two the two companies. So that's yet to be seen, but hopefully developers have options to build to it. And then the other thing there is that this WebXR infrastructure is completely open source and Apple uh, by opening that up will have no world, uh, no world walled garden there for developers to build whatever apps they want, which opens the gates for, um, really any type of application, including including crypto, including NSFW type of content, 
uh, from from basically anywhere. So there's there's not really any limitations uh, in terms of content modif- uh, moderation that Apple can do because it's just websites that people are mm. that people are going to. And yeah, that's uh, exciting. Yeah. Um, and and it, that's good to hear. And I'm, our audience is going to, you know, that that's what we need to hear that things are opening up a little bit because um, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Um, if you have a completely open and a little bit more lackadaisical, um, you know, uh, uh, app store and approval process and, or, you know, lower standards, you're going to get jokers in there. You're going to get malware. You're going to get, you're going to have tons of things that you as the end user have to look for. Apple's always been good from developers, you know, vetting developers code and everything else. I remember years ago when I was publishing apps uh, in the app store, it took a while. They did the due diligence. They lifted the hood and they did, did the right thing by the end user. So I appreciate that. Um, and you know, opening it up to Unreal Engine and everything else, and then the 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 three D kind of web enabled uh, uh, items that or games and experiences, that's huge. Because to me, you know, I talk to to VR companies all the time, virtual real estate, mm-hmm. and, you know, VR metaverse and three D internet um, folks that are developing these worlds, and the ones that I instantly like are the ones that I can just click, like literally no headset. I could just go into right away The the damn thing works. Yep. Um, and I could just start tinkering with it and kind of start to dream a little bit and say, Hey, maybe I could use this to do X or Y. Um, but, and to me, that's when the metaverse is actually, or 3d internet's really going to take off is yeah. goggles, digital contact lenses, whatever we have, uh, at that point, um, you can go to, you know, Michael Gold's website and have a full experience and not some crappy flat website. So I'm thrilled for that. And then all the worlds, then you can jump from world to world and kind of like portals and do whatever you got to do. Um, Michael, I know we're, we're running out a little, a, a little bit of time here, so we're going to end this, but I want to continue this conversation about Apple Vision Pro and and other uh, VR conversations with you in the future. So I look forward to that. Likewise, Rich. Yeah. Lots of interesting things to come for sure. Yeah. And, you know, for any one of our listeners or, or, or viewers, where can they find you? So I'm on Twitter at Michael Gold. LinkedIn is Mike D-O-T, gold, Mike.gold. And on uh, the web as Mike.gold. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add some links down below uh, in the video and um, you know, for our, our, our viewers, check him out. Um, he is a rock star in this world and he knows the ins and outs of, of VR. That's why we are going to have him back on frequently. So thanks again, Michael. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rich. Take care everyone. Bye.